0: buying media begins here fuse32 there's nothing we can't do fuse32.com I'm the son of a good man I'm the child of an angel I'm a wild one. and I'm looking for direction
1: news analysis and
0: opinion it's the Elijah Hart show on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO Is that a- Welcome back to KWTO. Don't forget 505. Eli Yokely is going to be on. We're going to ask him the question we all want to know. Is there a path for somebody to beat Donald Trump or is it his universe? And we're all just window dressing right now. Plus our snake draft at 537. Joining us now in person for the first time, Camelia. I'm making sure I get the name right. That's right. What's your last name? Peterson. So I only know you as Camelia who works for AFP. Yeah, that's welcome to the Elijah Har show. As you know, every day on the show, first rule of the show, question of the day, question of the day, 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 it is to be fair, tailored around our two guests today. What is a secret hidden thing about Joplin that rocks?
1: Okay, wow, that's going to be how to choose. Um,
0: Right, you got 10 of them. I know know one thing I'm going to pick.
1: Okay, well, I will tell you something that I don't know if I've ever actually been to. I just saw somebody post about, was they said that the thing nobody seems to know about Joplin is there's a spot called Inspiration Point. So now I have to go find Inspiration And you've never been Point, there? And I've I apparently not, and I've lived there almost my whole life. <laughs> what are these?
0: There's like some weird lights out there spook light yeah
1: right i so i grew up hearing about the spook light never saw it but you know it's kind of like local legend
0: (laughs) my girlfriend joelle she was from joplin she grew up there and she talks about not just those also spook houses everywhere else in the country calls them haunted houses but do you guys call them spook houses
1: maybe with all the spook houses
0: you've been to in your life i know okay (laughs) Two okay. houses was not a big I, thing for me. It's just now dawning on me that you all <laughs> could be like, wait, you asked hidden things about Joplin on the day I wasn't on the show. I'm right. like, <laughs> that That's a valid criticism of me. All right, Camelia, as we already said, you work for Americans for Prosperity. For our listeners, what is Americans for Prosperity?
1: So AFP is nonprofit, nonpartisan organization. And basically our uh, mission in life is to make you more free. And so we would like to get the government out of your way and out of your pocket and let you make the decisions for your own life.
0: Okay. Give us an idea. What what issue sets do you all work in sure. or is it everything? I mean, obviously, it's not you everything. want not be more free. Uh, taxes, right. regulation, blah, blah, blah. But.
1: Right. For sure. We don't cover everything, uh, every issue that we you can think of. Our issues are really in the wheelhouse of like economics. So, you know, tax reform. Can we get rid of the income tax? Thank you very much. Um, education, healthcare, um, free speech, lots of those kind of things.
0: Uh, do you work on a state level, federal level or both? Both. Okay.
1: So we're very state focused. Um, uh, Missouri is its own, every state has its own chapter per se. And, but then we do, um, do common work on national issues. And then we also will sometimes help other states. Other states have helped us in, you know, for things like the Eric Schmidt primary. And we will sometimes help them with those things. That I keep
0: happen. seeing all these pictures from Iowa. You guys going up to <laughs> Iowa a little bit lately?
1: We have been helping out those early primary states. Yes. Really just in um, voter ID and engagement, um, because I will tell you that one of the things that came out of the 2022 election cycle that we found in the primary, um, when we engaged in the primary, not only in Missouri, but in other you know states across the country, people who voted in the primary that we also had contact with at the doors while we were knocking doors, 15% of those people had never voted in a primary before. So that's a big number and a big driver of why we are really hitting doors hard right now, because that personal connection at the doors.
0: Are these people people that had just gotten old enough to vote? They'd never been engaged before. They got burned out and stopped for a while.
1: They were people who voted in general elections. So Uh, I'm sure it's a mix. So, I mean, these were people who had just not necessarily voted in a primary before. Got it. And so, you know, in Missouri, the primary is the general, right?
0: Right, right. Well, and Iowa's very unique because Iowa has a caucus. So yes. it's not like you just show up and vote for president. You've got to trudge through the snow on Saturday and spend six hours at a little schoolhouse. It, it's a a complicated and very engaged process.
1: For sure. And so that was part of what we were doing, too, is figuring out, you know, who is already plugged in to the caucuses there, um, who's not, maybe who um, would be interested in doing that and kind of, and also figuring out, you know, what issues were important to them and kind of where they were on the candidates. And um, we were up there last month and people were still kind of all over the place. And the polling that you see now nationwide is not necessarily representative of caucus goers in Iowa. So it's, it may not, what may not it? look like what we think it will.
0: What what do you what do you think it will look like?
1: My guess, if I'm going to make a prediction, yeah. nobody <laughs> no, cares about staff. We care about analysis,
0: projection, guesses. We don't. That's what we care about.
1: So um, my guess is that it's pretty likely that Trump will not take the Iowa caucus. See,
0: I've heard this. So I, I was born in Fort Dodge. I know a bunch of people in Iowa and a lot of them said the same thing. His organization doesn't seem as strong as some of the other campaigns, and he'll he should smoke the primaries, but caucuses are going to be his Achilles heel.
1: Right. Well, and let's not forget, in twenty sixteen, um, he did not take the Iowa caucus. Cruz had either. a better Cruz organization. Had, and like, and ironically, Trump accused Cruz of stealing the election.
0: Ah, uh, <laughs> just one of a few times. Yes. Right. But yeah, if- and just clearly, Cruz's people in 2016 are DeSantis people this time
1: oh I think so right and I think DeSantis will probably have a very good showing in the Iowa caucus
0: how but- much in fact does does the Vander Plaats endorsement matter because he's been such an icon in the Des Moines and surrounding areas with his religious organization he keeps posting about negative things about Trump he's not endorsed against him but he clearly doesn't he's not with Trump
1: Right. Well, and so that is another factor is that you, the caucus goers in Iowa uh, tend to be made up of very evangelical people. And Which so, up until
0: last night, I would have thought Tim Scott would have crushed with. Obviously, Tim's decided that the path isn't there. Right. And so that all those are those people are free agents now. Now that both Pence yep. and Scott, the two candidates that on paper make up a traditional Iowa primary or caucus voter They're both out. I feel like there's a lot of free agents right now in the process. I would say
1: my guess would be that Tim Scott supporters go to DeSantis.
0: Okay. Let's let's play the projection game because it's so much fun. Let's say Trump doesn't win Iowa. Mm -hmm. Does that alter the course of the primary? Because we've been talking so much lately about it seems like Trump's lead is just unassailable.
1: Right. You know, I don't know. I don't know that Iowa's necessarily the predictor that everybody thinks it is, you know. (laughs) Um, And I think that it is, if you just are looking at the polling numbers right now, I mean, it looks like nobody can catch up to Trump. Now, one of the things that the polling numbers that we see most often right now don't show are like the levels of support that Trump has. Like you have your hardcore Trump supporters. There is nothing that can be done that would change their mind. And then you've got, you know, a segment of people who are more soft Trump supporters. They like him. They liked his policies. They like what he did. They could be persuaded to support another candidate because there are a lot of doubts about whether or not he would be able to win it in the general election.
0: Give me, give me sort of your assessment. Let's say Trump does survive. And I think right now the polls, I did see something yesterday. At this point in 2007, Clinton was leading Obama by 27 points. And somebody posted and was like, they should have just end at the primary. Why would they waste their time? And it is interesting, like, there is, these national polls really mean nothing. A lot depends on these early states, as we all know. Um, I think, did Obama win Iowa? I don't know. I don't remember that. I, oh, Obama won one, Hillary won the other, and then they, like, sort of sniped for a while. I think Obama won Iowa and Hillary won New Hampshire. But it does seem early. People are deciding. oh, I, I don't have a path to do it. I, you know, every consultant you ever talk to says most people don't make a decision until the last two weeks before the, the race.
1: Oh, sure. I mean, you talk to a ton of people right now, and they're like, we're having a primary already?
0: <laughs> this is, I, you people like you and I, we like live for this stuff. And I always say, if you go to the gas station, they if they can name the governor, you're that's probably a surprise. People just, the, you know, every day, the goal is get the kids up, get them to school, right. get to your job. They don't think about this yep, you've got on lives a day-to-day to live. Day basis. And so- you know, when you're, we've got a governor's race here in Missouri. These guys are campaigning six days a week already. I'm like, nobody's paying attention right now.
1: No, no, no. It's it's very much insider politics in those races right now, because you're right. The uh, the people who are going to get out and vote on a primary day, maybe less so, but definitely in the general election, they're, yeah, they're not plugged into this yet.
0: So when you go to Iowa and you talk to people, obviously they're not paying attention, is, is a lot of that early polling, is it just because of name ID? Well,
1: I think name ID is probably a large part of it. Um, I will say when we talked to, uh, every time we've been up there, um, we've knocked thousands and thousands of doors in Iowa. Responses were really all over the place as to who they were supporting. Um, and so it was, you know... I wouldn't say that it was overwhelmingly in favor of Trump because we had that question on there, too. You know, I talked to people who supported Pence. I talked to people who supported um, Tim Scott, you know, Vivek Ramaswamy. I mean, they were they were really all over the place. But I will say we also asked them about the issues they cared about. And the number one issue, almost without exception, was the economy still is the economy. And we're talking to people right now. And that's one thing that I don't think candidates are talking about enough. Um,
0: Interesting. Yeah. Why is that?
1: I don't, you know, I don't know um, because this seems like a huge issue right now. So, and usually, you know, candidates are responsive to, um, you know, whatever that issue is. And I don't know if it's because. This issue with the economy has been going on so long now that it's, you know, just like it's one more thing that we have to deal with. So it doesn't kind of spark as much of the public outrage as it did, say, you know, six months ago.
0: I also think that there are issue sets that are so visceral that they prompt engagement. And the economy is sort of an amorphous concept. Yes, People generally don't like taxes and regulation. But translating that into a vote or support is very different from the transgender issue or abortion, say, which right, immediately yep. launches you into activism. Well,
1: we've had culture war issues have like dominated everything, you know, for the past year or so. And now what has taken over has been, you know, the international conflicts, you know, whether it was Ukraine or Israel. So I think those have really kind of risen to the top and taken over the narrative.
0: That was actually going to be my next question, which is, do pe- are people paying attention to Israel to the the, the the situation in the Middle East.
1: Yes, I think so. Um, I will say that especially I, you know, I've talked to some people since all of this started, um, but even before then, something that was brought up a lot was the sending money over to Ukraine. A lot of people were upset about that. Now, I think that they probably some of those people will feel differently about when it comes to Israel versus Ukraine. <laughs>
0: So, funny story, I'm sitting uh, last week at a Veterans Day performance. My daughter sang National Anthem, and I'm sitting next to one of the other dads. And he asked me, he's like, oh, what do you think about the Israel stuff? And so we started talking, and I asked him, I was like, oh, I was like, do you see it differently than Ukraine? Now, he's, you know, listen, we're in South Missouri. Everybody's very, a lot of people are very religious. And he said, oh, he's like, this, this thing in Israel, this feels like the end times. So for him, he was like laser focused on it. He didn't care about the Ukraine Russia conflict. It just did didn't matter. Sure. To him.
1: Well, I think that that's a big difference in it too. Is that there is a um, there's a religious, a spiritual component to this engagement with Israel, and so a lot of people, you know, view it through that lens. Um, but I will say, too, I think that this also. Um, is interesting with the Republican Party itself because there's kind of, you know, and Trump was kind of this way too and I think really elevated this non-interventionist
0: yes. um, section of the party. I wouldn't even call it isolationist, which is what it used to be. It's more just like, we right. don't want to be the world's police officers. Yes, like right. if if there's a conflict, they can deal with the conflict. Yep. And so I think we're seeing this play out on the debate stage right now because Nikki Haley wants to embrace <laughs> a very muscular foreign policy. Yes. Uh, Vivek, well I don't know what Vivek believes he's sort of all over the place uh, it's just kind of hard to pin him down he always sounds very smart but afterwards you're like I don't know if I believe that um, but you know for a long time the Republicans were the we want to join NATO and the United Nations and all this kind of stuff and now I think particularly within the Tucker Carlson wing of the party mm-hmm. there's a strong wing of this like why are we dealing with conflicts right. all over the globe, why are we 90% funding the United Nations and NATO and and why are we in NAFTA and GAD? And these were all Republican platform planks in in the nineties.
1: Yeah, it's interesting to see the pivot. I mean, I'm not upset to see it. <laughs> and that's a, that's a super
0: fascinating because I generally and I, I I had when we had Vivek on, I think I I asked him. I was like, you know, because he's of course like pounding the the the. How dare we send foreign aid to all these countries? I'm like. We hear this every four years, mm-hmm. and then they just keep doing it. Yeah, it's political what's football. The, yeah. Like, what's the voodoo <laughs> that, like, you go to get elected, and they, like, wave something in your face. You're like, oh, yeah, I got to vote I I can't understand
1: it. Well, I mean, I think we see the same thing with the border issue. I mean— we're it's a political issue every four years every two how anytime anybody's up for election at the federal level yeah we're talking once about the border cycle but we're not doing anything about it
0: <laughs> right right once you're in the cycle suddenly you want to build the wall and otherwise nobody cares but it's really interesting because some of these issues in my mind and frankly we've talked that the, the new speaker of the house he was like early on like oh i you know i'm gonna i'm gonna some of these things and then as soon it's almost like they take him to a secret room and say hey Here's what's going on, and you can't tell anybody about it because you go right. up to DC and suddenly it's like, well, this is something we should do. And I'm like, but there's no explanation for why. I mean, I don't care about Area 51. Don't give a rip about it. But for some <laughs> reason, everybody else is, or the JFK assassination tapes. And I don't want to be a conspiratorialist, but it's like, it is weird that, like, they're like, everybody gets up there and says, like, yeah, we probably shouldn't release that. And I'm like, well, why not? What's the thing that's in there? That America can't know about. Same with the J six tapes. Like, what's in there right. that we don't want? That's a national security secret or something. That when you go to D C, somebody waves the fairy dust on you, and suddenly you're like, "Yeah, that's probably a good thing not to do." And it's I just prob- can't. It's figure probably that the out.
1: aliens at the Capitol on I'm January sixth.
0: <laughs> then the final scene of Raiders of the Lost Ark, and Gary doesn't know because he doesn't watch movies. But they're like wheeling the Ark of the Covenant into this warehouse, and I'm convinced. That every person who goes to Congress gets walked into the warehouse and like, here's the secrets the of the secret United knowledge. States, and you can't tell. In fact, and this is a little known secret, when you get sworn into House of Representative Missouri, one thing you swear is that you will keep the secrets of the
1: House. Oh my goodness, I heard that for the first time this yes. last year, and I was like, what is
0: right, this? Right, and it's interesting, and I will i totally
1: candidly admit...
0: There are some things that you learn as speaker that that are they're like this is one of the secrets of the house that you can't tell people, and but it's not when you're a basic level it's it's sort of in the leadership tree and there's some things just with like the upkeep of the capital and they're like we just these are things we can't tell. Uh, but I'm always curious. I'm like, why is it there's like four or five issues that everybody always runs on and they go to D.C. and suddenly it's like, well, I just voted for it. Blah, blah blah. Anyways, all right, A.F.P. If people want to know more about the organization. How do they, how do they find out more? So why way, should they? Why should they? Well, there's the sales page. Okay. Come on.
1: They should, because um we care about working for the people. And so, you know, we can help. I will tell you something in victory. We just had um recently. We also help people with local ballot issues, particularly with regard to taxes and in Jackson County, they had a use tax on their ballot. Um, activists came to set us and said, would you help us? So we helped them organize and mobilize and do some digital ads and things like that. And that tax went down hard. And this is, you know, Kansas City area. And we did the same thing last April in Chesterfield when their city, city council had attempted to do the same thing. So, you know, we are here to um, work for the people, be a voice for the people. We want to put more money back in your pocket. Um, you can find us on socials at on Instagram, Facebook, and X, formerly Twitter. Um, just look for AFP Missouri. Can you call
0: it X or do you call it Twitter?
1: I like I'm struggling with the transition. To be me honest, me
0: too. <laughs> I feel like this is like Bruce Jenner. I'm like I just can't get on board with the change. It feels like. It's still Twitter in my book. Yeah, but the funny thing is, it's my favorite social of choice.
1: Me too. Like I don't
0: post on Facebook political statements. Yeah, I'm not on Insta. Lord knows I'm never going to be on TikTok. I can't, you know, Snapchat. I think it's already like peaked and crashed or whatever. So it's like. Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, is my social of choice. Well, I here's think that the I thing though. It.
1: Instagram is like the up and coming next voter demographic. They're on Instagram. <sighs> That's that demographic is there.
0: Garrett, my 17 year old producer keeps convincing me that we should be on.
1: I'm 22 and I've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark. I'm so <laughs> oh, my, sick of staying oh
0: silent. <laughs> it, you know, to be fair, it was, it was, it was about 20 years before we were born that it came out. So I didn't know. I didn't know. Well, I, I
1: ridiculous slander well one
0: time movies were in black and white all right camellia anybody wants to follow you on social media how do they do that
1: Uh, on twitter and instagram both i'm there at rare camellia and so is it (laughs) because camellia
0: is not a normal name
1: yes okay yeah there's a story behind it but that's no time for this also have something coming up in springfield um this friday evening with the St. Louis or not the St. Louis, sorry. I was Southwest, like, you know, not free though. Nope, nope. Southwest Missouri Young Republicans and um Congressman Eric Burleson and Senator Curtis Trent will be doing a Thanksgiveness event that AFP is sponsoring with the YRs. Um down at Thanksgiving. Thanksgiveness Thanksgiving. Like, I'm I'm sorry, sorry, we're like combining all of the holidays in one and it's it's a free dinner. We would love for people to come out. Chris
0: Mahanza Quantica or whatever they yeah, call right. it. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah.
1: So Friday evening, you can find the link to it on socials. We just ask people to register so we know how much food to have.
0: Very good. I know Friday I'm taking the kids to see Esther down in Branson, so we'll be there. But anyways, all right, Camellia Peterson, Americans for Prosperity. If you want to check them out, jump on the socials. You'll find them there. Thanks so much for joining us today.
1: My pleasure. All
0: right, we'll be back. We'll answer the question of the day. Don't forget 505 Eli Yokely and, of course, the Snake Draft at 537.